So let's get into the word today. Amen. So let me give you a little preface before we get into this word. Let me just talk to you a little bit. So I want to talk to you about this because, you know, I was having this conversation with the Lord the other day. And I was saying to the Lord that, because I can be honest with you guys, right? That um, I really want to be a happy preacher. I really want to be like, you know, people who just like, I just want to let you know today, it's your day to be blessed. I, 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 in my heart, I want to be that. But here's the problem that I struggle with that. When I open up my journal and I see that the word that was declared over this church that I see every time I open my, church, my journal is that 2018 is the year of the people on this side knew we're going to try again. The, the 2018 for FOC is a year of a year of hope and promise. The thing that keeps coming up for me is that nobody gets victory without warfare. So it seems unfair to tell you how blessed you can be without explaining to you how the enemy's going to work to keep you from being blessed. So I want to come with cute messages, except I think it would be a disservice to you because we'll be declaring that you should increase, but because you don't understand how the enemy uses you and how he uses people against you, the people who understand spiritual warfare will be overcoming and the people who don't will be getting their behinds toe out the scene. And so it's one of those things where it's like, no, it's real talk. Who was that? that um, was it Mike Tyson who said everybody think they can fight till they get hit in the mouth? No, everybody got a plan till they got hit in the mouth. Everybody got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. So everybody got a plan for victory until the devil sucker punch you. Everybody got a plan. Oh, this is going to be my best year. Praise the Lord. This is going to be my best year, my best year, best year. More vacations, more increase, blessing on top of blessing, on top of blessing, on top of blessing, on top of blessing until you get knocked in the face that first time. And that's when you learn what you made of it. And the truth of it is, is that that's one of the reasons that people fade from church. Pastor Elma saying, don't get weary in well-doing. People fade from church when life starts happening because you don't understand that life was supposed to happen to get you to back up off of the will of God. So as a result, I end up having to teach about stuff that makes you uncomfortable, say uncomfortable, but better equipped. So I was thinking about this the other day and I was asking the Lord to give me a way to describe it. And this is how the Lord explained to me. Anybody who's played sports is going to understand this. He says, you are like the strength and conditioning coach of the team. Everybody hate the strength and conditioning coach. Anybody in sport who been in sports, do you like the strength and conditioning coach? I know, so I understand. I was glad the Lord gave me that illustration because that was a practical illustration that I could understand. So I understand if sometime over this next year, you really don't like me. And I will do everything I can to remain unoffendable, but I actually don't care if you don't like me if I can provoke you to change. And some of you need to be provoked to change because if you're honest, other than a few 15-cent raises here and a new car every once in a while, 
You've been living the same raggedy life for a long time. And some of it is because you don't understand what's warring against you. So today, that's what we're going to talk about, right? So today, we're going to talk about the kind of stuff that people in cute church don't like to talk about. We're going to talk about demons and spiritual warfare. And I want you to understand that one of the big things that Hollywood has done to make you minimize demonic activity is to show you movies like The Exorcist. So then you think that all demonic manifestation got to have somebody head spinning, got to have somebody foaming at the mouth. But I want to show you today that some of that rejection that you deal with is actually a spirit. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's do, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, you need to understand that the kingdom of the devil is just a mimic of the kingdom of God. Some, some of y'all all be taking notes, but don't worry, we, we just, we're not going to just teach this one time, okay? So it's a mimic of the kingdom. So if you can read in your Bible, and you can, that the kingdom of God has angels, and those angels have level and rank, then you can understand that the kingdom of darkness also has level and rank. Now, one of the challenges that's been a big problem in the American church is that we have a struggle with believing that a believer can be oppressed by a devil. And so because we believe that a believer can't be oppressed by a devil, then when believers are actually having manifestations, we just say they got mental health problems. So let's start with some scriptures because we just want to talk about rejection. You have to be self-reflective to know whether you have the spirit of rejection. And what I will submit to you is that rejection is probably the one spirit that we have all encountered. We have all encountered rejection. Tell your neighbor, say, you look cute, but you've encountered rejection too. You may be thinking, I had really good parents. You've still encountered rejection. I was the homecoming queen. You've still encountered rejection. And what the enemy can do is that if he can get you to think that what you're dealing with is an actual spiritual warfare, you won't ask God to deliver you. You'll just try to manage it. And some of you, the reason that you haven't been set free is that you've been trying to manage what you should have given back. All right. Let's start with Isaiah 49 and 15. Isaiah 49 and 15. Y'all hang with me. Because if you get free from this, you'll be able to free your kids from it. And what you're going to find out is some of the things you picked up from your mama and them, they was just giving you what they mama and them had given them. And it'll help you have compassion against your parents when you understand that the same devil that's attacking you attacked them. All right, Isaiah 49 and 15. 49 and 15. It says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. 
So in this scripture right here, Jesus, um, God is asking a question to, the ch- to Israel and is saying, is it possible that a mother could have a baby, breast get full of milk from that baby, and then act as though she forgot that, that she had that child? He said, yeah, it's possible. But even if she forget, I won't. So if it's possible for a mother who carried a baby in a womb, felt the heartbeat, pushed the baby out through labor, if it is possible for a mother to forget, it is certainly possible for a father to forget because he didn't actually even know he made a baby when he released. So here's what God is saying as the starting point of rejection. Even if your mama did, fill in the blank. Even if your daddy did, fill in the blank, and they forgot, I won't. Let that sink in. Your daddy didn't show up. Your mama wasn't there. Your mama was there, but she was mean. Your daddy was there, but he didn't talk. He said, even if they did, I won't. Make this confession. Say, God has never forgotten me. God has never forgotten me. Why is this so important? Because what does this have to do with spiritual warfare? Here's what it has to do with spiritual warfare. If you understand how the kingdom of God works, there are angels assigned to every believer. Well, if the devil mocks the kingdom of light, then that means that there are demons assigned to every believer. Many of those devils show up in birth. Because if the enemy can get you to take a spirit of rejection in the womb, in the beginning, if you can be unwanted in the beginning, then you come to earth struggling with an issue that you have had before you had cognitive ability, and so you don't even know what you're fighting. Let's go to John 1 and 11. Shout, but I'm getting free today. I want you to make this confession. Say, if there is any spirit of rejection in me, it cannot hide in here any longer. Expose it, Jesus. Expose it, Jesus. And I'm telling you, spirits of rejection, don't start manifesting and acting a fool up in here today because ain't nobody doing that with you today. You, you go get, because, because I told you that the trick of Hollywood is to make you think that manifestation is vomiting and spitting. And see, some of you go get to see as you go through this message that you be manifesting all the time. Oh, I'm sorry, John 1. Let's go. Oh, wait, wait. John 1. Also, for the record, this message is not for you to dissect whether the person next to you has a spirit of rejection or the people in your home. This is for, first yourself, then cleanse other people, okay? So first, first deal with the re- spirit of rejection in you, then deal with your kids, then deal with your mom and them. But just, just for once in your life, try self-management. Worry about yourself. John 1 and 11. John 1 and 11. Y'all got your Bibles? John 1 and 11. 
It says, he came unto his own. What? Read it. Pull your Bibles up. Because you don't even know if I'm telling the truth. Now, you got a phone. Your phone is a smartphone. That means it has access to Google, Google, which means you can pull up a scripture. You ain't even got to have a Bible app. Just go to the Google search and type in John 1, 11, and then you'll be able to see it. See, the enemy works to get you not to love the word because it's the only thing that can free you. Some of you done had every hairstyle, every designer purse. You've been on all kind of trips. You done had all kind of freaky sex. You still broken. You still broken. Because ain't none of that fixed you on the inside. And even when you look your prettiest, you still feel bad on the inside because you really trying to dress up what's broken. And I want to deal with your brokenness because for too long, people have let you walk around cute and not dealt with that you broken on the inside. It says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Anybody who's ever been rejected by their own understands the pain that he felt. So the goal of the enemy is in your infancy to make you identify with rejection so it can alter your destiny. See, if you can get, if you can, if rejection can get on you in your infancy, and you don't get delivered, you'll never walk out your destiny. Okay, 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 okay. So I, I want to say this because let me give you some examples of rejection so you can see it. Anytime a parent was supposed to protect and they didn't, rejection is what you got. Anytime your parents should have protected you, here's the caveat whether they knew it or not. So let's say you got left with somebody and that somebody molested you. And then you felt like your parents should have protected you even though they don't know anything that happened to you because the whisper of the enemy is that if they had really loved you, they never would have left you there to begin with or they would have somehow known. So now you take a kid that somebody started touching when they was little and then by the time you find out they 16 yelling at you in the kitchen and you don't understand why because that spirit of rejection has been playing with them all the time. Another place a spirit of rejection comes from if a parent leaves. So I will say this to all of y'all, because some of you aren't going to listen to me and you're going to go out and make babies with people that you don't intend to build a life with, because people don't listen. So you're going to go out and hear me by the Holy Ghost. There are some of you right now that are having sex with some people that the worst mistake of your life will be to get them pregnant. Because you will be bound to them. And because of their dysfunction and your dysfunction, you're going to create a kid that is just as broken as both of you. Ooh, we don't want to talk about this stuff in church. No, we just want to come to church and go, Jesus loves the little children. Everybody go home and stay jacked up. No, no, we're not doing that no more. 
You have a parent who's an addict or an alcoholic, you have a spirit of rejection. Because people who drink and do drugs do not properly protect their children. You have a parent that picked a man or woman over you, even if it was your mama or daddy. You have a spirit of rejection that you need to deal with. You have a parent that you know loved you, but they was mean as all get out. You have a spirit of rejection. When kids get divorced, you have a spirit of rejection. Listen, I ain't just talking Bible. Here is what psychologists tell us. That when kids are caught in the middle of a divorce, no matter how many times you tell them it's not their fault because they are kids and they only have the ability to see life from their perspective, they wonder what they could have done, how they could have been better to stop the divorce. All right, so I want to tell you the five reasons that rejection comes. All right? Five reasons rejections come. Rejection comes. Number one, rejection comes to make you distrust God. That's the number one reason that rejection comes, to make you distrust God. Another word for distrusting God is called the spirit of unbelief. Jesus actually talked about the spirit of unbelief more than almost any other spirit. Because the spirit of unbelief is one of the hardest spirits to get rid of because it is typically built on a stronghold of broken expectations. Can I help you? The reason some of you struggle to pray is because your daddy ain't never come through for you. So if your daddy's never come through to you, and then we say God is a father, then how in the world can you trust God as a father when your own father didn't father? I'm helping somebody up in here. Even if he was in the home, because there's a lot of fathers in the home who don't father. You pay bills. But you don't engage, you don't father, you don't love them, you don't hug them. When they talk to you, you grunt. Anybody getting help by this? Because I'm trying to help you. Because if you can understand your own rejection patterns, do you know what research tells us? Research tells us that girls who do not have a good father in their life are more likely to have sex than girls who do. 900% more likely. 900% because they are looking for the validation that they did not get from their father. And I don't care how dope your mama is, your mama can't be a daddy. And one of the deceptions is we live in this place now where people go, I don't, I, I don't need a no daddy. I can do this by yourself. Well, you may be to do it by yourself, but your kid need a father. Because there is something that a father imparts in a child. Do you know what fathers give? Here's what fathers give. Fathers give identity. Mothers give nurture. But fathers give identity.
And if you don't have a father, you don't know your identity. So you take your identity from whoever throws you something. No, I'm trying to help you. Say, lay hands on your, on your chest. Say, spirit of rejection. Come out. If you are the product of adultery, you have a spirit of rejection in you. And, and if you just say I don't have one, that's the spirit of pride trying to cover it up so you'll stay bam. I just want to deal with all your little people that live on the inside of you. <laughs> if you just say, no, no, I don't have one. No, no, no. That's the spirit of pride because pride says we don't need no help because rejection taught us a long time ago we can't look vulnerable for nobody because if we look vulnerable and people know our weaknesses, they can crush us. So I ain't going to never let nobody crush me. So I'll build a wall around me and I'll act like I always have it together even when I'm jacked up. Some of you think you angry. You ain't angry. You just rejected. And your anger is how you protect yourself. Your anger is how you protect yourself. Because if they didn't protect you, you got to learn how to protect yourself. You know how else you protect yourself? You say, I don't need no friends. I don't need no friends. I don't need nobody in my life. I can do this all by myself. Because if I don't put my weight on anybody, can't nobody break me. If you've ever said any of those things, you've dealt with the spirit of rejection. Woo! Take a deep breath. Blow it out. And the, the, the problem with the spirit of rejection is because it can become so woven in your personality. It can become so woven in your personality that you think you standoffish because you're an introvert, but you really reject it. I'm just trying to help us today. Man, I'm so tired of seeing beautiful people come to church broken week after week after week. I could tell you about the victory, but baby, if you don't deal with what's worn on the inside of you, even if you get the house, you ain't going to be happy. I was saying to Ellen when I was a kid, from the time that I was about 15 to the time that I was about 20, so I was in college, and I can remember for Christmas, they would ask me for my list. And I would tell them everything on my list. And I would get it. But as I was opening the packages, I would keep thinking, it's got to be something else. Now, I got everything I asked for, but it ain't enough. Because what I was really looking for was not material. Some of you only really love material things because they validate you. That purse proves you're worthy. <laughs> that car makes people take a second look. I was saying to Ellen, I've watched this. As I get wholer, more and more whole. I don't care what I wear. Right. 
It's broken people who always got to show us a label. This is Louis. Who? This is Gucci. This is Gucci. These are my bundles. See me? See me? All you're really saying, I'm laughing, but all you're really saying is, see me and see that I'm enough. See me and don't throw me away. Let me show up in a way that I'll be good enough. I just want to be good enough. So then when that isn't enough, oh, you think I'm cute? I'll have sex with you. I'll have sex with you. See, that's why it vexes me when people call women whores. Most girls ain't hoes. They broken. I don't care how gangster G you think you are. You ain't designed to have men climbing you night after night after night and don't nobody stay and wrap their arms around you. You're not designed for that. And when you have rejection on the inside of you, rejected men attached to you and they violate you. And in violating you, they violate themselves. And then y'all mess around and produce a baby that's violated. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Everybody take a deep breath. Say, we all right, we all right, we all right. Because I'm just asking you to judge yourself. Some of you wonder why your kids act the way they act. They act the way they act because they've never felt like they were enough. Sometimes you buying kids stuff, and you ought to just give them a hug. Sometimes you giving them one more thing, and you ought to just sit down and talk to them. They want you. They want you. They want your stories. Hey, this ain't just for broken homes. Some of you so busy climbing the corporate ladder, you ain't having conversations with your kids. You better come down off that ladder and talk to your kids. Because money don't fix brokenness. Money just make it easier to be broken. Because instead of buying crack, I can buy cocaine. Instead of having to go to an hour motel, I just rent a suite for a week. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Let's listen. So the number one thing, we ain't going to get to all of this. I'm going to get to five of these, a couple of tips, and then I'm going to pray for some of y'all, okay? Don't worry. Listen, you're going to humble yourself regarding rejection. I ain't wrestling with nobody to be free. Because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says if, if we could make a devil come out of you, but then if you ain't want to be free, when you leave, it's just going to come back in there seven times stronger. So you get to decide whether you and rejection go keep rocking together or not. And you know what? No judgment. If you decide not today and you decide next week or you decide in January or you decide next year, it's always available. It's always available. So the number two thing that rejection does is to make you skeptical of people. Rejection makes you skeptical of people. I'm going to help you. Some of you think that you have the spirit of discernment. You actually just have a critical spirit. They are not the same. One of them is by virtue of your flesh. I'll give you a perfect example. I always say to the women that I'm close to, I say, hey, if you're dating a dude, 
you should bring him to me because I can tell you whether he good people or not. I always follow this up. I don't know if I know it by the Holy Spirit or that I grew up with so many holes, but I know. Growing up with so many holes is what I'm able to discern by my flesh. And then there's something I can discern by the Holy Spirit. So some of you think you have discernment of spirit. You just good judge of characters because you don't seen bad characters enough. All right. So it makes you skeptical of people. So if you're skeptical of people, that's an indication that you have a spirit of rejection. Um, skeptical of people when somebody's nice to you, you want to know why. You want to know what they want. Skeptical of people when somebody hugs you, you get stiff body. If you cannot take a hug, you have a spirit of rejection. Nobody came here rejecting affection. Nobody came here rejecting physical touch. You can always tell people who struggle with rejection, come hug me, baby, let me show you how they hug. You hug me, I'm going to be the person with rejection. Stand to the side so they can see. Body tight than a mug. Because the truth of it is, if you let somebody love on you, you might start crying. You might start crying, so you just be like, nope, 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 because you're not going to see that I'm weak, and you're not going to judge me, you're not going to think that I need you, and you're not going to know my business. So I just come up in here and look like I'm okay until somebody touch me, and then I'll get stiff as a board, because you're not going to touch me, and we're not going to get caught up in this. Because if my mama did it, because if my daddy did it, and one of the reasons that a lot of people have some trouble submitting in the church, black people, you ain't never had a father. So the idea that a pastor would be able to give you some instruction, like, how, I mean, you ain't never had a man tell you nothing about yourself. So because you've never had a man tell you anything about yourself, when a father tries to give you correction in the form of a pastor, that's why some of you can only work with a, let me help you. Some of you can only have a good relationship with your boss if it's a woman. If your boss is a man, you're like, my daddy didn't even tell me what to do. He wasn't there. That's why he didn't tell you what to do. You don't tell me to come to work at 8 o'clock. That's what time work start. They start at 8. You're trying to control me. If you ever think people trying to control you, they don't want you to be free, ain't nobody got the right to tell you what to do, spirit of rejection. Number three, the purpose of rejection is to instill you as your own God. People who have a spirit of rejection can't trust anybody else, including God, to make decisions for them. So they protect themselves, which is a form of idolatry. Let me show it to you at work. God says, I need you to forgive so-and-so. You go, no. That means you your God. <laughs> God told, God gave you an instruction and you went, no. Then who your God? You. Okay, so three, we go really deal with three in a couple of weeks, but it installs you as your own God. If you become your own God, you're responsible for your own outcomes. And because you already got a spirit of rejection, as much as you try, all you do is create more rejection. Number four, it makes you a carrier of a generational curse that you pass on to those you love. The spirit of rejection wants you to become a carrier of a generational curse. I was going to get into it. I mean, we'll go look at it. But if you go and you look at the story of David and you actually do the biological 
chronological understanding of the historical context of David, the reason that David was in the field is that he was the product of a relationship outside of the marriage. That's why when Samuel goes and said, bring us all your sons, he brings everybody. I got five kids. You, if you call all the kids, you don't forget one. You don't, unless you've made a purpose of forgetting one. And so Samuel tries to pour the oil on all the, and the oil won't flow, and the oil won't flow. And finally he says, he says, it's got to be somebody else. Do you have another son? And he go, oh, yeah, we, we got this. We got David. You can see the spirit of rejection on David's life when David goes to fight Goliath. His brothers aren't happy that they come. They say, you just came to show out. The spirit of rejection. That spirit of rejection, that spirit of rejection follows David. It's the spirit that causes David not to do anything when his daughter Tamar is raped. Because he hasn't been properly parented, he doesn't know how to properly parent. So when one of his sons rapes one of his daughters, he doesn't do anything about it, which then causes his other son to get a spirit of murder on his life because he does what the father wouldn't do. Some of you got rage because you've had to protect people that it wasn't your job to protect. You was in here protect. You weren't supposed to be. I'm sorry that you had to do that. You weren't supposed to do that. You weren't supposed to have to. You weren't supposed. Oh, yes. Holy Ghost. You were not supposed to have to sacrifice your body so he wouldn't touch your little sister. You weren't. That was wrong. Somebody should have helped. You weren't supposed to have to keep grown people's secrets. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody what I did to you. You weren't supposed to have to keep going to grandpa's house when everybody knew grandpa touched all the kids. You weren't supposed to have to play tag with one eye open. So to make you a, a carrier of a generational curse. So what David's father did to him David did to his kids, which turned one of his kids into a murderer that brought a curse on their life that caused them to have war when they should have had peace. And number five, the spirit of rejection will make you abandon your God-given identity, position, and purpose. I'm going to give you one more scripture, and I'm going to give you just some ways to judge and then we're going to be done. Y'all all right? Yeah. Take a deep breath. Make you abandon your God-given identity, position, and purpose. What do I mean by position? I think this is important. Part of being a son of God is the ability to be corrected. The Bible says if you're not correctable, you're a bastard. So even though you've been adopted into the family of God, if you have a spirit of rejection, you won't submit to God's correction. So even though you have the position as a son, you'll live as a bastard. Yeah. 
Well, all right. Isaiah 53. Mm -mm, it ain't my fault. It's the Holy Ghost's fault. Listen, God is tired of his people going to church bound. Bound. Don't nobody, we don't want you coming here clapping, looking happy, only being happy for the 90 minutes that you in church. Then you stress, you got anxiety, you can't sleep at night, you got ulcers, you got all kind of stuff going in your life. You can't have a good relationship. You don't think anybody really loves you. That's not the will of God for your life. Isaiah 53. So let's see this. Isaiah 53. We almost done. 53, 3. It says, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as if our faces were from him, that he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we were healed. We are healed. So he starts with rejection. It says he was rejection, so you don't have to keep your rejection. So they did it to you, but you ain't got to keep it. Because there is a difference between encountering rejection and receiving rejection. Everybody encounters rejection. Not everybody receives rejection. You can encounter something without receiving it. How do you know you receive it? When you receive it, you take it internally and it impacts how you interact with other people. I want to give you some ways that you know that you're dealing with the spirit of rejection. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. So one of the ways, if you ever talk about, if you, if you notice who's in a clique, you have a spirit of rejection. Because all people hang in groups. So if you know that, if everywhere you go, you notice the cliques, it's because you have a spirit of rejection. Because all people hang in groups. So the only people who notice that they are excluded from a group are the people who struggle with rejection. Think about this. When you go to the mall and you see groups of people walking, do you go, ooh, they got a click, they didn't let me in. Because you don't have any expectation that these people that you don't have relationship with would somehow invite you to go to every store with them. Are you tracking with me? Does that make sense? And then people say, but church should be different. But you're the one who doesn't speak. You come late. You leave early. You sit by yourself. You don't engage in the social media group. You don't come when we have cleanup days. When you come when we had a fellowship days, you eat and you leave. But you notice the click. That's a spirit of rejection. All right. Here are these things. We're going to come back and talk about them in depth more next week, okay? The challenge with being rejected is that if you don't deal with it, you will become the rejector. And in an attempt to protect yourself, you won't let other people in. Me and Pastor Elmer talk about this. His parents got divorced when he was seven years old. When he was seven years old, he said, what would you say? 
He said, if my parents would do this to me, then anybody else would do this to me, and I'll never let anybody get close to me again. So even though he got married, he doesn't realize that at seven years old, he makes a covenant with a spirit of rejection in order to protect himself. So even though he gets married to me, and he loves me, and he wants to show me love, there's only so much love that he can show me because he still has a covenant with a spirit of rejection that says, remember, we got to protect ourselves. And then I come to the marriage with um, every man I knew. My family get mad when I say it, but it's a God honest truth. Every man, I, every man I know was a hoe in my family. My great uncle was a deacon who slept with town prostitute and everybody knew it. I mean, my, that, that, that's what I come from. So I come in and I go, all men are dogs, so don't ever give your heart to anybody because if you give all your heart to anybody, then they can crush you. What else could we have except barriers in between us? So in order to get free, God had to dismantle rejection on both our sides. The problem is, is that if you ain't crying, you don't think you rejected. See, you know the people who rejected who go, don't nobody like me. Don't nobody want to be with me. And, other, and to other reject, to strong rejected people, they get on our nerves. Because what we say is, I don't even understand why you need nobody like that. You ought to be like, why don't you like yourself enough? Why you always got to be with somebody? But just because you ain't crying don't mean you ain't struggling with rejection. In fact, because you ain't crying is probably proof that you have because you built such a wall, don't nobody hurt you. You watch people do all kind of stuff. You just go. Spirit of rejection. All right, so here's some spirits of um, some some ways we'll deal with it more in depth next week. Okay. All right. Number one. Um. Here are ways rejection manifests. Y'all ready? Lust. People give their body to be accepted. People give their body to be accepted. Like people who are in relationships with other people that they already having sex with will go have sex with somebody else because they're looking for, reject, for accepting. You ain't looking for sex. You already having sex. Pride. Pride is a spirit of rejection. It is, it is, a, root, it is a fruit of a spirit of rejection. And this is what pride looks like. Because they said I wasn't good enough, I'll show all of them I'm good enough. I'll run faster. I'll jump higher. I'll flip longer. I'll make better grades. I will do whatever it takes because you said I wasn't good enough and I will prove to you that you were wrong. I'll never forget this years ago, Russell Simmons and Kimora Lee, they were still married. And she, she, they, was, they was living a a lavish life. They had like stuff that at that point we didn't even know was an option to get. I'll never forget he had taken her to Paris and he had gotten her these Versace plates. They had gone to Paris just to get them. They're on a TV show. And she looks at the camera and she says, this is for all of those people when I was young who said I wasn't going to be nothing. You doing stuff them people can't even think about doing, but all you can think Think about is the people who didn't think you was good enough. Let me throw this one out here. Another issue of rejection is that you always think somebody's social media is side shaded you. 
No, really, you always think somebody's social media is side shade. It's somebody always throwing shade at you. And really, it really is also a spirit of arrogance because you act like you're such a big bad wolf that if somebody wanted to tag you, they wouldn't tag you. No, really, I really am preaching way better than you saying amen. So somebody got 500 friends. And now every post that they have is a subliminal message to you because you struggle with rejection. That's the truth. I know sometimes people are talking about me. I know because somebody, they will tell somebody that they meant that toward me. I still don't care. What I care about that? Because I felt if you really wanted to engage, you tag a sister. But you ain't tag. You ain't want to talk. But it's a spirit of rejection. I just want to say this too. If you are over 23 and you have social media fights, you should be able to be arrested. <laughs> you are over 23 and your grown tail is on social media cussing somebody out, calling them all kind of names. I don't care if you get mad at me. I don't care if you get mad. I'm telling you, you do that because you struggle with rejection and a lack of self-control. And a lack of self-control. Because calling them all of them hoes ain't going to change what you did. Spirits of rejection expose people's secrets. If you struggle with the spirit of rejection, you are an exposer of secrets. We know that you are a bad friend because as soon as you and so-and-so ain't talking, we can come to you and you will tell all of their business. I got friends I ain't talked to since college. I got lies I told in college. We, they just go stand. They just under the blood. I ain't never telling what happened. I don't break up with a friend and then tell you all their business. If you get mad at a friend, somebody you called a friend, we know y'all was friends because y'all had a Snapchat story for the last six months about how y'all was friends. Y'all was on Dixon Street together, y'all was at JJ's together, y'all was at the lake together, y'all was meeting up at Target, you was shopping together, you was doing all that together, now you got mad, now you done told all that business because that's why your boyfriend don't know that you cheated on him. You got a spirit of rejection. It shows up in families when you tell on your siblings after the fact. You got us, you, right, you spirit. Uh, Ma, I ain't know if you noticed that that vase was broke. I ain't going to say who did it, but it wasn't the oldest and it wasn't the youngest. It was one of the two in the middle. One of the boys. <laughs> Last, withdrawal. You withdraw from people. You don't want anybody close to you. Spirit of rejection. People are created for community. Say that with me. Say people. Are created, are created for community. For community. Say everyone, everyone needs, community. needs community. You, you do, not do not have all of the giftings of God, of God inside, of you. inside of you. So you need, so you need other, people. other people. Next, critical spirit. You know a critical spirit. A critical spirit is the person that whoever did something, they somebody did it better. We, we, in our family, we call it that one-up spirit. If you say, if you say, oh, I went to Walmart today. They say, I went to the number one Walmart. It's the best Walmart in all of Northwest Arkansas. 
If you say, I went to Magic Springs, they say, I went to Six Flags, the one over Texas. If you say, I went to Houston, they say, I went to London. I went to London. Just see my pictures. I'm in London. See? They're the person that when you get on your post and you say, um, today I want to celebrate that I have been um, celibate for three months. They go, I've been celebrating for 18 months, for 18 months. Get like me. Get like me. They just got that one-up spirit. They always got to up you no matter what you did. If you jump four feet, they jump 16. It ain't never a little bit either. They don't beat you by four feet and a quarter. They beat you. You jump four, they jump 16, but wasn't no witnesses. And if it's you, just say, ouch, and do better. Let people have their moments. Let people have their moments on their engagement. Why you got to show up at their engagement and get engaged? Why you at their wedding getting engaged? Because you got a one-up spirit on you, and you like, I, I got to be seen. I need somebody to validate me. We just got a few more, just a few more. Rage. Rage is a spirit, it is a fruit, it is a fruit of someone who has a spirit of rejection. I'm not talking about anger. Rage people seem nuts. Sometimes people with rage are going off and no one even knows what the heck you're talking about. You just walked in the house and you like, oh, you so-and-so and such. Everybody like, whoa, first of all, you ain't been here in three days. What happened? We don't even know what happened. You know what happened? You so-and-so and so-and-so. And a rage spirit always come with a cursed spirit. Now you call the people. The language of rage is mf -er. No, I'm here to help you so you can recognize yourself. It's mf -er. The, the language of rage is S-O-B-M-F-U-B, yes, all that stuff. Don't act shocked. You know you, you, know, you use it to know some folks. Just get free. The next one, extreme sensitivity. Everything hurts your feelings. If you struggle with a spirit of rejection, everything hurts your feelings. Everything hurts your feelings. Somebody could bring, you could bring somebody food that they legitimately don't eat. And they feel like they got to at least taste it. Because now it just ain't about you not liking the food. Because if you don't like the food, you don't like them. If you are extremely sensitive, you have a spirit of rejection. You, you, you're the person that people always, not sometimes, People are always telling you that you're making something about you that's not about you. You're always, you're, you're, you're like, I, w I went to church and Pastor John didn't speak to me today. I don't think she liked me. I, I want to help y'all because, listen, I want to help y'all. You never have to wonder if I don't like you. If I ain't like you, I'd tell you. Listen, I don't, I don't play no kind of games like that. If you say, Pastor do you like me? I say, you seem all right, but you lie a lot. And if you stop lying so much, we could probably be cool. No, really, that's the kind of person that I am. I say, I like you, but you're too needy. And you, you, want, you want to inbox me all day, and I got stuff to do. Listen, I don't have, so don't never let the devil tell you that I don't like you. Because if I don't like you, I tell you. you so when, if the devil say to you, Pastor Sean don't like me, you should just start laughing and say, the devil is a lie. Because if she ain't like me, I promise you, Tim. All right, free yourself.
fake happiness. Fake happiness. Fake happiness. Am I helping anybody today? How you doing today? Great. Wonderful. Terrific. Every day? Like, you ain't never just like, okay. Fake happiness. Everything's amazing all the time. I mean, some of the, you just got to be, you can generally be happy, but just make sure it's not fake. Make sure it's not putting on the front, okay? Depression. Depression is a spirit of rejection. It's a fruit of rejection because it comes from a deeply embedded thing that says you're not enough. And depression is just, depression is just the opposite of rage. Because depression is anger turned inside. And de depression is anger turned inside. And rage is anger turned outside. So people with depression vomit on themselves. And people with rage vomit on other people. And people with both do both. Okay? And then this last one. We go in here and then I'm just going to pray for people. Perfectionism. Perfectionism is a fruit of the spirit of rejection. I did not say excellence. Excellence is a fruit of the Holy Ghost. But perfectionism, also known for those of you who love the fact that you are OCD, OCD is a spirit that is built in perfectionism for people who need to control their environments because they didn't get the protection that they needed. I'm going to say it again because I want you to be, if you struggle with OCD, OCD is a, it's what we diagnose in mental health, but it's really a fruit of a spirit of rejection because the only people who need to be perfect are the people who were taught to perform for love. The only people who need to be perfect are the people who were taught to perform for love. And they use keeping everything ordered as a way to feel safe. Now, there are some people who just need it in others. I'm not talking about need. I'm talking about the person where if they had these glasses right here and this phone right here, and you turn the phone right here, they couldn't function unless they turned the phone back here because that's the way they put it. They're the people who can't enjoy living in their house because they got to clean all the time. Everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to be immaculate. It's a spirit of perfection that comes from rejection, likely because someone either did not protect you as a child or they were not merciful to you when you messed up. Well, we're going to stop here. Because that's a lot. We're going to stop here. Here's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to listen to this. I encourage you to research rejection in the Bible. You're not going to find it by doing a keyword search of rejection. You're going to actually have to read your Bible and see where rejection showed up. When Samuel was old and getting ready to die, this is the difference between 
experiencing rejection and accepting rejection. David accepted rejection, which is why I kept showing up in his bloodline. When Samuel was old and getting ready to die, the people came to Samuel and they said, we want a king. And Sam, the Bible says that Samuel was grieved that they wanted a king. And God said to him, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. Don't take it personal. And in that moment, Samuel had a choice to make. And he chose to obey God. So, yeah, we all been rejected. You know that rejection is one of the reasons believers don't witness? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And Jesus still want to reach them. It's the reason that believers are afraid to do things like pray out in public because you don't want nobody to think that you do too much. Because we really live in a society that's made it okay to be everything but an on-fire believer. You can be any and everything but an on-fire believer. You can be on fire for any and everything. But you can't be an on-fire believer. So, they, so the enemy uses rejection. A lot of times when you get saved in your family, if you're the first one, your family rejects you. They think you're doing too much. They don't think you take all of that. Don't take all of that. But everybody knows, all of us who kept going know that if you keep going, some of them same people who are rejecting you today, you'll get to lead them to the Lord. <laughs> you'll get to lead them to the Lord. You'll get to lead them to deliverance. I'm actually not going to, I'm not going to call people up to pray for them today. I don't think it's time yet. I think you need to study it out. I think you need to ask the Lord, show me the deep places rejection is hidden. This is so interesting. This is a, I'll tell you this because I think part of getting free from rejection is being able to tell your own truth. So a couple of years ago, maybe two, it may not fully be two yet. Me and Pastor Elwin were outside playing or something. Valley then was getting ready to leave or something. And I laid my head on Pastor Elwin's shoulder. And Valley caught a picture of it. And he said, that's odd. I never see you touch Pastor Elwin. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I touch him all the time, right? I touch him all the time. And then, so it got to a point that any time Valley caught me, if I touched his name, because the thing about Valley, if you're around Valley, he got a camera sometimes, you don't even realize he got a camera. So he would post pictures, and he would have a picture of me touching Pastor Edwin. And so we started having this conversation. And I say to him one day, I, say, I said to him, I said, you know, well, you know, I would touch you more, but I try not to touch you all the time. And he was like, you think you touch me a lot? And I was like, yeah, I touch you all the time. He was like, no, you don't. So I started to track it. And what I would find is that in my mind, I thought about touching him a lot. But then I wouldn't because I didn't want to be too much. I didn't want to be rejected. So in my mind, I'm touching him a lot. He like, girl. <laughs> then he'd be like, when did, when you think the last time you hugged me? Oh, then this is what I revert to. I touch you every night because every night I put my foot on you. 
So here I am thinking that I'm something and I'm free from something that I'm not free from. Because even when I like wanna like, this was telling for me. He had been traveling for a week. I was so excited that he was coming home. I think I had talked to Kenosha all the way to the airport. And I said to Kenosha, I said, I got to go. He walking out. She said, bye. Right. He's coming to the car. I want to jump out the car and I want to hug him because I'm so glad he's home. And I go, play it cool. Don't worry. And when he get in the car, I'm like, what's up, dude? Because nobody's trying to put themselves out there to be rejected. So you probably got people right now that you want to hug more. But you just like, you just be like, what's up? What's up? <laughs> so this is what we are going to do to end service. This is what we are going to do. We're going to hug somebody. Okay? And you can't give them the church hug that's the two pats. Because everybody hates a two three pat hug so if you are willing to hug somebody i want you to stand up this is how we go dismiss today